Hi, welcome to Paranormal Blip. Thanks for listening. And uh, this is episode 15. Now, today we are going to be looking at uh, the new UAP office, um, which has been signed into law by President Biden, part of the National Defense Authorization Act for the fiscal year 2022 that he signed on Monday, the 27th of December, a couple of weeks ago now. So this new UFO office, this comes from uh, an amendment to the Act uh, that was um, kind of uh, created, if you like, by Senator Gillibrand and co-sponsored by a couple of people, including Marco Rubio and a few other people as well. And so we're going to be looking in detail about this uh, office, what we can expect from the office, what uh, we know is in the legislation, and also what it means as well. So before we get underway today, I'm going to just quickly say, please rate the podcast. You can do that on Spotify now. Uh, so go on and give it five golden stars. Why don't you? And also on Apple Podcasts, you can rate it there. And please review and please subscribe and please share. And please follow me on um, Paranormal Blip on Twitter, Paranormal Blip, Paranormal underscore Blip underscore uh, podcast <laughs> at Instagram, and you can email me at um, paranormalblip at gmail.com. Twitter is the best way of contacting me. I'm kind of there, and as you know, I'm part of the Perceptions Today community, and Perceptions Today has got some fantastic guests coming up in the next couple of weeks and months. I'll put a link in the um, episode description of their uh, Twitter handle. So, you know, join in the live um, Twitter Spaces conversation. But first of all, we're going to spend a few minutes uh, remembering the life of Harry Reid, who died on the 28th of December. Uh, so just one day after Biden signed the NDAA. And, you know, you can't underestimate the influence that Harry Reid has had in terms of the UAP issue being taken seriously by uh, the United States government, uh, by the Senate and by the uh, representatives in the House who have been given uh, closed-door classified briefings on numerous occasions about the UAP issue. And Gillibrand's uh, amendment, and now the legislation that has been passed, is, you know, you can trace it all back to Harry Reid. And we know an awful lot about uh, OSAP now, which is the uh, organization that Reid helped fund with the 22 million uh, via um, uh, Com Kellner, George Knapp, and James Lekatsky's book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Um, now, the, a kind of theme of people in the kind of UAP world uh, since Mr. Reed died was that not a lot many people in their kind of coverage of Reed's career spoke about UAPs. But I did find video here, which I've linked to in the uh, episode descriptions, as I do with everything, um, of the, the guys from this channel called The Hill. And so this is Ryan Grimm and Robbie Suave. <laughs> is, it, is it Suave? How do you say that name? Right, this is this dude's name. I don't actually know. Maybe it is Sove. Sove, Robbie Sove. So his surname is S-O-A-V-E. How would you pronounce that? Suave? Uh, no, hold on. Suave is S-O... What? <laughs> I'm not sure how to spell Suave. It probably isn't Robbie Suave. The other guy is called Ryan Grimm. Okay, so here's Ryan Grimm and Robbie Suave talking about Harry Reid. Well, and we wanted to uh, make note of the fact that when he was 55, he grew interested in the government's handling, actually, and knowledge of UFOs, despite strong pushback from his inner circle, urging him to stay the hell away from that. He attended meetings with scientists, engineers, former CIA, former Army colonels, and Apollo astronauts. Reed ultimately enlisted his powerful friends in Congress to fund 
hush-hush research inside the Defense Department and was revealed publicly in 2017. Reid was proud of his work in this department, saying that, quote, we made a tremendous amount of progress in legitimizing the Pentagon's research into UFOs and destigmatizing the subject in public discourse. I mean, this is a case where one person changing their mind on an issue actually does has a real contingent effect on, on the world because he was in a position of power as Senate Majority Leader to be able to say, you want this budget through? Well, guess what? I want a couple million bucks to study UFOs. And I've been convinced that this is something interesting. I don't think it's a coincidence that he's from Nevada. Right. And spent so much time kind of staring up in the, in the stars. Into the emptiness. The emptiness, the emptiness the around sky. you. You look up. And the yeah. stars there. And that, ha like, and, and he is a, a, the driving force, I think, mm. you know, for why we're talking about UFOs now. If, because if he hadn't put that money into the Pentagon, if he hadn't helped create this kind of agency or, you know, department or whatever it is with inside, inside the Pentagon, you wouldn't have these reports. You wouldn't have the, the coverage. You don't, you, of course, people have been talking about UAPs, UFOs for decades, but they have, but there's be. certainly much more government, political interest, exactly. much more, uh, yes, motivation to actually have something looked at and have hearings yeah. and that kind of thing. His other legacy. And then he goes on about his other legacy. So that's interesting. I mean, that is uh, Ryan Grimm there. And he's, you know, not exactly on the uh, money with the detail in terms of, you know, Orsap and uh, George Knapp introducing Harry Reid to uh, Bigelow and all that kind of stuff. But at least they had a bit of a conversation about it. And of course, the kind of driving uh, narrative is is correct that, you know, everything could be traced back to um, Harry Reid in terms of the movement inside, um, you know, the US uh, government. So now we're going to go into the blinks and they're or the blings. What do I call them? The rings, whatever they're called. And then we'll talk about this uh, UFO office. So we're going to start by looking at a press release that uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and also um, Rubio sent out on the 9th and they're exactly the same different headlines um, but exactly the same wording and it includes a list of the uh, things that they want the office to do so let's go through this then this is Gillibrand's uh, she calls it or her office calls it Gillibrand's groundbreaking unidentified aerial phenomena amendment included in final NDAA and just by uh, out of interest, I'm linking to both of them uh, in the episode notes. So it goes on, Gillibrand's provision will establish a formal office to carry out a coordinated effort on collection and analysis related to UAPs. US Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is announcing the inclusion of her unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP amendment, in the FY22NDAA. Today, UAPs pose a significant challenge to our national security, appearing in sensitive U.S. airspace and around military personnel. Gillibrand has been working alongside Senator Marco Rubio, Republican, Florida, and Congressman Ruben Gallego, Arizona 07. don't know what that means, 07 means, a bit like James Bond, to establish an office that would replace the current Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force and would have access to Department of Defense and Intelligence Community data related to UAPs. By, by doing so, the office will have the authority to establish a coordinated effort to report and respond to UAPs, significantly improve data sharing between agencies on UAP sightings, address national security concerns, and report health effects people may experience in relation to UAP events. The office will be administered jointly between the Secretary of Defense and the Director of National Intelligence and will empower military and civilian personnel working for the DOD and intelligence community to report incidents and information involving UAPs. Uh, so this is a quote by Gillibrand. She says, Our national security efforts rely on aerial supremacy 
and these phenomena present a challenge to our dominance over the air. Staying ahead of UAP sightings is critical to keep our strategic edge and keeping our nation safe, said Senator Gillibrand. My amendment will establish a formal office to report and respond to UAPs and give us the scientific capabilities needed to track and share data, investigate sightings and develop a response to this growing security threat. The United States needs a coordinated effort to take control and understand whether these aerial phenomena belong to a foreign government or something else altogether. I am proud to have worked alongside Congressman Gallego to include this amendment that will help remove the stigma surrounding UAPs, protect our nation and keep those who serve safe. And now this is a statement by Rubio. It is my hope that the creation of a new Joint Defence Department and Intelligence Community Office focused on UAPs will provide the resources. Oh, there's a typo there. Uh, has anyone seen that? No, get the typo out for Christ's sake. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, years of editing, writing there. Sorry, I'll go back. Will provide. It says will provided the resources. Dear, oh dear. Will provide the resources, analytics, and attention needed to determine what is loitering around our military training ranges," said Senator Rubio. The DOD and IC, IC stands for Intelligence Community, and DOD stands for Department of Defense, need to ensure a more uniform collection strategy is in place and that we continue to destigmatize reporting on UAPs, particularly from military aviators. Significantly, we also maintain the transparency and accountability that my provision in last year's Intelligence Authorization Act report provided by, ensure, by ensuring ongoing, unclassified reporting. Now here is Senator Blunt. Senator Blunt says, the bicameral, bipartisan uh, Gillibrand Amendment uh, provides a comprehensive framework for a scientific data-driven approach to get to the truth about UAPs, said Senator Blunt. This amendment ensures that we treat UAP, uh, UAPs as we would any potential national security threat that would enter US restricted training or operational areas. Okay, now Congressman Gallego, he says, protecting our national security interests means knowing who and what are flying in US airspace. Right now, our system of tracking and identifying UAPs is scattered throughout the Department of Defense and other departments and agencies of the federal government, said Congressman Gagego. Um, based on briefings I've received as chairman of the House, of the House Intelligence and Special Operations Subcommittee, I firmly believe that the Department of Defense and the intelligence community need to come together and create a permanent, synchronized structure to collect and analyze UAP data. I'm excited that the amendment I introduced alongside Senator Gillibrand was included in the final version of the NDAA. So there we go. So there's the uh, politicians being quoted. And then the press release goes on. As established in the NDAA, the UAP office will be given the task of providing a full spectrum of intelligence scientific and technical assessments related to UAPs, including collection and analysis of data into a central repository. The UAP office will supervise the development and execution of intelligence collection and analysis regarding UAPs in order to understand their technical and scientific characteristics. The UAP office will receive relevant data immediately from intelligence community agencies. Okay, immediately. Uh, two, establish a science plan. The UAP office will be responsible for implementing a science plan to test scientific theories related to UAP characteristics and performances. Three, build a, a national priorities intelligence framework. The DNI will be required to consult with the Secretary of Defense to assign a level of priority within the national intelligence priorities framework related to UAPs, and it goes on, evaluate any links between UAPs 
and foreign governments or non-state actors. The UAP office will be tasked with evaluating threats that UAPs may pose to the United States. Additionally, the office will be responsible for coordinating with federal agencies, including the FAA and NASA, and uh, international allies and partners on UAPs. And finally, report to Congress. The UAP office will be required to provide unclassified annual reports to Congress and classified semi-annual briefings on intelligence analysis, reported incidents, health-related effects, the role of foreign governments and nuclear security. The amendment is co-sponsored by the Senator uh, in the Senate by Senators Rubio, Graham, Heinrich and Blunt. So there we go. So that is pretty blockbuster stuff. I mean, it is incredible to think that that is the law. And there's obviously a couple of things that jump out straight away. So one of the things that um, jumps out there in the first paragraph, report health effects people may experience in relation to UAP events. We know that Kit Green has been looking at this for uh, quite some time and also Gary Nolan. So, you know, this uh, question of physical and psychological effects of people that experience uh, UAP encounters, you know, what is going on there? So it's fascinating that that is in the, you know, that, that's kind of passed, the law has passed now. This office will be set up and that is one of the things that it is going to be investigating. Uh, another thing as well is um, uh, having contact with and sharing information with um, allies. And so this is widely considered to be the Five Eyes uh, network of uh, nations. So that's the United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia and Great Britain. And in Great Britain, it's quite interesting, uh, Louis Alexander a couple of days ago, uh, speaking to this is funny in Britain like the 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 government um, is a is a closed book you know there was a, a brief uh, debate in the House of uh, Lords uh, last year and the uh, government spokesperson was basically saying you know UAPs are not a threat and we are not uh, looking into it. But we know that, you know, that is incorrect. Uh, Ross Coulthard was just talking the other day about how he has um, sources in uh, GCHQ, which is the kind of, you know, like the kind of high, high security, um, you know, kind of intelligence uh, HQ in, in the United Kingdom, um, who, who are constantly tracking communication between the Five Eyes uh, network of nations, uh, which includes, you know, UAP um, data to the public, the government and the kind of civil service and the military are saying nothing to see here. But of course, in private, um, behind closed doors, I mean, like it's obvious, I said it like probably in the first episode of this, of course, every nation on earth is going to have a UAP like desk, do you know what I mean? The incredible thing here is that um, the, you've got a group of um, lawmakers in the States who are saying, you know, this is, we need to do this, not in a kind of haphazard and secretive and stovepiped way, whereby everything is kind of segmented and, uh, you know, there's a massive amount of stigmatization. So in terms of data collection, it's very weak. Of course, because if you're a you know, pilot or someone that works in the Navy or whatever and you see a UAP and you know that people are going to take the mickey out of you and also you, know, you may be waving goodbye to your career or at least you think you might be waving goodbye to your career if you say anything, then the chances of saying something are much, much smaller. And so from a data gathering exercise point of view, you don't want that. What you want is for people to feel that they're going to be trusted and listened to and for um, actual kind of, you know, uh, coordinated, comprehensive investigation to be launched if something is reported. And that's the brilliant thing about this. So not that this isn't happening in other countries, but because the United States is so far ahead than Australia and the, the United Kingdom, 
um, you know, it gives us a lot of hope, actually. But the funny thing about the US, the, the UK is Andy, uh, you know, he, he's brilliant. Dan, the Zignal is brilliant. You know, Vinny is brilliant. There's so many really engaged, committed, really interesting guys um, working in this in this space, uh, space um, who are based in the UK. Christopher Sharp is is another absolutely key figure in this, the editor of Liberation Times. Um, so, and it's interesting. I um, they, they were doing a I don't know what, exactly what it was, but uh, oh, it was a um, the competition that they had for this. Uh, it was the raffle for the um, you know giving money to various excellent charities, charities, charities. Um, taking care of children and taking care of animals. And they raise an awful lot of money, those guys, which is fantastic. And in the kind of live draw for that, I asked this question that they were like kind enough to read out, which was how do we um, kind of push things forward, basically, in the United Kingdom in terms of uh, media, the media taking this seriously? And this is something that's uh, been creeping in over the last couple of six, six months or so, the media have started to take it seriously in the United Kingdom a lot more than they were, you know, last year, for instance. Yeah. And so I have seen that, like The Guardian and The Independent had a uh, just a very kind of sober piece that they um, wrote up about uh, UAPs in Northern Ireland. This was like kind of early December now, I think, or mid-December. Of course, the, the tabloids are interested in this, but even with the tabloids, because of the work of people like Dan, um, the, the signal he goes by on uh, Twitter, um, you know, he's, he says how he contacted the uh, journalist who wrote this um, article for the uh, Sun and said, well, actually, like, you know, you could take the jokes out. And the journalist did do that, you know. And Dan was saying, uh, what we need to do is get in contact with journalists and say so this is people if you live and i've got a kind of broad range of listeners in terms of age but also in terms of location so if you're living in a country which we're basically we're looking at the united states thinking you know god i wish i was there where they're like a sleeves rolled up you know people that are interested like lawmakers that are interested in making a difference it's unbelievable the difference but also a difference is that some of the uh, you know national mainstream media are uh, getting in on the act here. So Gaddy Shorts, for instance, in um, for the uh, uh, NBC, he uh, you know quite a lot of the time that's part of his beat. And so if you're living in a country that uh, you know where you want your media to report on this, then Dan's advice is to get in contact with the journalists and, you know, kind of tell them what is going on. I mean, it is incredible that people in, like, you know, the uh, broadsheets and the uh, tabloids in the UK haven't picked up on the UFO office. It's a massive story. And, of course, Ross Coulter the other day was just saying, why isn't this, you know, being picked up by the New York Times? And Ross says that uh, it should be part of a kind of, um, a journalist's beat. If he had a, a command of a, like a national newspaper, for instance, he would put one of his uh, journalists on this story. It is a story that demands attention. And it's a story where there is, uh, you know, kind of stories, if you like, events and, um, you know, progressions happening all the time. So that's on us, in a way, that's on us. And it's a bit of a call to arms, this, I suppose, that if you're kind of sitting there thinking, God, like I wish it was a bit more vocal in my country, then, you know, with uh, the populations of the world getting in contact with um, the media and saying, come on, let's like forget about the X-Files music, forget about taking the mickey out of this. We are way beyond this now. The NDAA, you know, has been signed. The UFO office is going to be set up we're going to get a report in like the uh, on Halloween 
um, the 31st of November, you know, so things have changed. There is enough evidence out there for you to take this seriously. I mean, there's abundant evidence out there for you to take this seriously. And, you know, you feel like Gaddy Shorts, who I'm going to play a clip in a minute of his report and talk about it, because you feel like, you know, he's kind of really wanting to delve deep into this, you know, and, um, you know, thank God for people like him. Thank God for people like Ross Coulthard. And also thank God for the many brilliant people in UA, UFO Twitter, um, you know, the podcasters that I listen to and I speak about, but also everyone else who is kind of like, you know, going for this. And But what you want, obviously, is for the media to be taking this seriously and for the politicians to realize that there's something here and for us also to be speaking to the politicians, writing to them, emailing them, and getting something done. But also another thing, something that was um, in her original um, amendment, but had to be taken out in order for it to be passed, is um, this idea that uh, civilian uh, UAP organizations would be involved with the government's, um, you know, kind of like look into this, okay? And that was taken out because... Of course, so much of this area is classified. So we will get unclassified reports, and we do expect an unclassified report um, by the 31st of October. Probably will come on the 31st of October. Um, but of course, alongside that, there are going to be uh, briefings, like classified closed-door briefings, um, twice a year, okay? So there will probably also be a classified report, of course, to go with the unclassified report. Okay. And so area uh, organizations like the Galileo Project and other organizations, you know, it'd be interesting to see if there's any kind of informal sharing of um, unclassified material. I mean, I'm sure there is going to be a lot of that. Um, but in terms of a kind of formal relationship that's off the table at the moment having said that you know they do ask for a science plan to be drawn up for them to uh you know kind of like test the theories related to uap characteristics and performances so also you know the, the, there's a couple of things to say about this number one is the call to arms to say that if you're not living in the united states then you know let's get in contact with the media and let's get in contact with our elected representatives and, you know, ask them to really kind of start taking this seriously. And we've now got this uh, benchmark, um, you know, law in place for people to refer to and for people to say, OK, you know, let's look at this. Why uh, can the United States do that and why can't we? Uh, what is the difference? Well, there is no difference, pal. So, you know, let's pull your socks up. And the other thing as well, which is really interesting, is this uh, question of where are the um, debunkers? Where are the skeptics? Where are they? What is their answer to this? What is their answer to this amendment that was passed by the House, by the Senate, and signed into the law by the president? What is their answer? How dare they say that there's nothing here when there clearly is like a massive amount here, right? Psychological, physical effects in the law. <laughs> um, uh, establishing a framework whereby we can share information with um, allies and other nations. That's in the law. Reporting to Congress um, twice a year on closed door classified briefings. That's in the law. Collecting like everything to do with this into one place, that is in the law. And still people say, I mean, or maybe they've just all gone home. I mean, if I were you, I would go home. If you don't get this now, then that's it. You're you are lost and you're not really interested in ever getting it. Okay. So you might as well just, you know, moan about whatever it is that people moan about these days. Okay, because you have nothing to do with UAPs, nothing to do with science nothing to do with the paranormal. You've just made up your mind um, that you are opposed to this for some kind of whatever psychological reason, which is fine. But, you know, don't um, come round here with your moaning 
about there being nothing in this because it is now part of um, uh, the NDAA and the UFO office will be established. And when I say uh, you're not taking science seriously, what I mean is that science never stands still. Science is always asking questions. And unfortunately, we're in a position now whereby quite a lot of mainstream scientists find it easier to close the door on questions they find difficult to answer. You know, like this question, what is consciousness? Yeah. Listen to um, episode two, is it? What happens in the afterlife? What happens after you die? Um, for a kind of considered, uh, you know, thinking about this question. Not by me, you'd be <laughs> happy to know, but people that, you know, have actually thought about it. And also the shadow biosphere as well, you know. We are just so very young. We are just at the beginning of having any understanding of the world in which we live. I mean, absolutely. Like, take, for instance, our relationship to animals. Take, for instance, our relationship to plants. You know, we are just so dumb at living with others, you know. Um, it's unbelievable, the arrogance. The, the, it's incredible that, you know, a species with so much power has also got so much arrogance. And maybe they go in hand in hand but uh you know we think we know the answers we don't know anything we we actually do not know a damn thing and everything is up for uh debate and everything is open to question i mean that is the sheer that is how i see science and that's the kind of beauty and, and love the beauty and the love of science th that i have is this uh kind of a sense that you are constantly asking questions I mean, one example is, you know, our very limited perception abilities. Yep, we've got a couple of senses and we can have a very limited sense of, you know, what is going on. OK, I'm talking about the kind of vast majority of people. Of course, there's a few people because all humans are individuals. There is quite, you know, quite a lot of people, but proportionately a tiny percentage that. Uh, have got abilities that kind of stretch beyond those five senses or those eight senses or however. If you want to say that you've got a sense for knowing where your tummy is or that kind of inner organ sense, okay, fine. But, you know, some people have a sense of uh, what is happening, you know, far away from them. Other people have, it seems to be, you know, looking at Gary's Nolan's work, it seems to be that the other people have certain characteristics in their brain that uh, react in a certain way if they um, have a UAP encounter. Yep, and now that is like cutting-edge science, uh, but one day that will be established. Everything that, like Lou Alexander says, everything that we take as kind of foundational, fundamental science was once a radical idea that was mocked by the peers of the person that came up with the radical idea, yeah? And the problem is that we're very arrogant and very young and we don't know a damn thing. Um, so it's probably a good idea to keep an open mind. And the problem with a lot of debunkers is that they've made a living, like probably a very good living and certainly a good reputation, a bunch of, you know, arrogant uh, people, <laughs> Um, who who like the spotlight and like, you know, ignorant people following them. And so they've created a brand around debunking. Now, let's hear from one of the people that co-sponsored the, um, the, the bill. This is uh, House Representative Gaeco, and here he is. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson pointed to a series of U.S. military encounters with unknown flying objects, many which defy the laws of our own known technology, in his agency's mission to seek out life beyond Earth. Meanwhile, Arizona Congressman Ruben Gallego is calling on the Pentagon to take UFOs seriously. The Arizona Democrat and Iraq War veteran is pushing legislation in the House that would require a permanent office under the Secretary of Defense to oversee, quote, the timely and consistent reporting of what the military calls unidentified aerial phenomena, and it must share what it learns with Congress at least once a year. Congressman Gallego joins us now to discuss this a little bit more. Thanks for being here, Congressman. Thank you. 
So is it your uh, is it your belief, your understanding, based on you know the information you've been privy to? There. There, there is information that the Pentagon has, that the authorities have, that is that has not been shared with with either Congress or with the American people. Is is there really a lot there? Is is, is there a lot we would be, would be shocked about if we if we if we were <laughs> able to hear about because and and the, 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 if the Pentagon was more transparent? So let me tell you where the genesis of my legislation comes from. So I I am the chairman of Intelligence Special Operations for which some reason UAPs or UFOs is. is People know, know fall under my jurisdiction. So I had a hearing regarding this. And one of the things that was very clear about it is that we just don't have enough information. And even that the information the Department of Defense has is is useless information. It is it is, you know, anecdotal evidence and or you know, even, you know, film, whatever it is. But they, we have no reference points to it. Uh, and there is no unified way to actually collect this information. Nobody knows what to do with this information. Uh, and so the reason I put this legislation together is because we need to treat this as a real problem set. Not that, you know, maybe these foreign, you know, aliens or out of, out of world aliens are, are a threat. The problem set is that we don't have enough information to make any decisions. So the way you do that is you actually gather the information so that way you can actually, you know, have some viable actions on it. And you and it goes on, but you get the gist. I mean, you know, it's very straightforward stuff, really, when you think about it, when he breaks it down like that, where he says, yeah, it's all just haphazard and all over the place. So it's probably a good idea to put it in one place, you know, <laughs> to kind of really look at what it is that we have before we make any, um, you know, it's, I mean, how can you even assess the damn thing? Let alone come up with anything like any um, hypotheses or conclusions, you know? When you when all of the bits and pieces are everywhere, so that's a really interesting uh, interview that um, Representative Gregor gave. So I've obviously, as you know me, I'm going to link it. Uh, so watch that if you wish. And now we're going to go over to um, Com Kellner. Now Com Kellner, I, I had a little bit of this in a couple of episodes um, ago. I, I uh, included this, but this starts to talk about um, what it means. Okay, so we know what's in the bill, but now, what? How um, profound is the change here? Well, um, Colm Kellner with uh, James Lukatsky and George Knapp in their book uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, they included a couple of appendixes. Is it, is it appendices? A couple of appendi. Is it appendi? Maybe it's appendi. <laughs> Let's say appendi. And um, in one of the appendi, they listed how they would go about setting up a, um, a UAP office and what that office would do. Okay. So let's just get a little bit of the older, uh, this is kind of repeat viewing here for. Um, uh, regular listeners, so you might remember this from episode 13, I think it was, yeah, was it? Anyway, here's Colm. Our opinion of that is that um, that this uh, Gillibrand Amendment goes much, much further than I've ever seen. It certainly goes way further than anything that has been released publicly in terms of intent from either the Department of Defense or anybody else. Uh, the UAP Task Force report of June 25th uh, um, of this year, um, obviously just sort of scrapes the surface. But, you know, I was looking at the, uh, the actual wording uh, uh, in the Gillibrand um, Amendment, uh, and, and it talks about specifically that, you know, designate existing line organizations to conduct field investigations of UAP. And then there's a whole section that um, reads, re, that reads analysis of propulsion, aerodynamic control, signatures, structures, materials, sensors, countermeasures, weapons, electronics, and power generation. I mean, it's almost like the RFP that generated OTSAP is being exactly recapitulated, you know, in this. They also, as you mentioned, go into, you know, we really need to an analyze uh, adverse physiological effects, medical effects, health effects. I mean, this is 
almost like a staffer from um, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand's office, went ahead and read Appendix 2 in the, uh, in the book, you know, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, because Appendix 2 lays out verbatim what, uh, what that uh, amendment talks about. I think it's by far the most sophisticated look that I've seen um, from within the United States government, you know, with the exception of Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. There you go. Getting the uh, plug in there at the end. It's verbatim, I think, as well. Uh, Mr. Keller. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. And you do wonder, you know, what are the kind of connections behind the scenes between, um, you know, somebody like Lekatsky and the office that, um, you know, and, and Gillibrand or the other guys there, uh, you know, who knows? But um, it's it's a robust, brilliant piece of legislation, and it's fantastic that it's happening. Now, of course, it's not all plain sailing and, you know, all the rest of it. But at the same time, I think um, it's important to take a step back and to realise that this is a big deal, as Joe Biden would say, taking out the uh, middle word, the naughty middle word that he said. Do you remember that? Yeah. So, um, listen, we're going to do good going to... Uh, Ross Coulthard now, because Ross uh, was speaking about this over the last couple of days, and he said something really interesting. I think we're at the stage now where the phenomenon, the fact that you have a government in your government, the American government, the most powerful country in the world, is now saying this phenomenon is real. There is a genuine mystery. There is a genuine enigma here that, that they concede they cannot explain. We've now got this extraordinary Gillibrand law, which I, I take to bed at night and read in disbelief. You know, it's just amazing. It's amazing to see the words unidentified aerial phenomena in a piece of legislation that has now been ratified by your parliament, your Congress. It's such an exciting time. And I just, I just guess I, I want to say We've come an enormously long way. Here we are so close to the anniversary, literally just one day on. Actually, no, over your way, it's the anniversary of the of the uh, New York Times um, story. And, um, you know, the reality is we've come a long way in four years. It's quite extraordinary. If anybody had told me when I first started looking at this issue that we were going to be talking about legislation before the US Congress that stipulates that UAPs will be the subject of investigation. That, and I mean, wow, some of this stuff's great, you know, uh, an update. They're requiring an update on any efforts underway on the ability to capture or exploit undiscovered aerial phenomena, an assessment of any health-related effects for individuals that have accounted UAPs. This is groundbreaking. This is enormously important and significant. And I'm, I just feel very privileged to be riding the wave because as a journo, there's only one thing you hope for, that what you're running as a story is cutting edge, that it's, it's ahead of the pack. You want to be the one that scoops everybody else. And um, I take my hat off to all of you people who've been doing such great work for so many years to try and push for transparency and push for disclosure. And all I'm doing is really <coughs> echoing the great work that you've done. Yeah, captured craft is really fascinating. And, you know, Lou Alexander, I'm going to play a clip from uh, his interview with GQ a couple of months ago. Lou Alexander is, you know, basically saying to us, yes, there are craft. Here he is. So, look, I think we all want to know, do you think any government has recovered a crashed UAP? So what I've said for the record, uh, which is unfortunately all I, I can say, is that it is my uh, belief that the United States is in possession of, uh, of exotic material. And unfortunately, that's, that's, that's about all I can, I can say at this time. So it's great there that uh, Ross picked up on that. And it's a massive part of this. I mean, you know, just think about it for a moment. Uh, in law now is the establishment of this office that has been asked to... Uh, investigate and report on um, captured craft. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible, captured UFO craft, um, and to, you know, kind of report what they find 
to the centers and of course all of that uh, will be closed or you know deeply classified i don't think we'll get much of uh, any sniffer of that and classified but it's a very good interview um that uh, sean did so thank you very much ross and um that's sean by the way at witness citizen i link at the um i link it obviously in the episode notes but th th that was part of a uh, a whole day's worth of different uh, guests talking about this issue. And uh, there's a couple of, you know, every couple of months, uh, people in this field, including obviously, um, you know, UCR, they're doing it all the time. The Unidentified Celebrity Review with their big phone home. Um, you know, every couple of months there's something that really uh, kind of gets people's notice. And um, yeah, so the, the amount of, um, you know, research that's being shared online, um, the amount of investigations that are happening, uh, looking back, which is witnesses and Sean at witnesses and is doing this a lot where he's looking back at historic cases, you know, it, it is amazing. And um, obviously the first place to go uh, for a couple of those links, and I need to update this actually, I haven't updated it for a long time is my, if you're kind of new to this, um, you know, go to the episode zero, which uh, contains quite a lot of the links to, it's basically a glossary, um, you know, episode. So it has quite a lot of links to some of the kind of key movers and shakers in the UAP world. Okay, so that gives you a bit of an idea of the importance of this. And again, I'm going to ask you, uh, if you're listening to this and you want um, your own country, your own representatives to take this seriously, then there are two things we can do. Number one, we can contact um, journalists and, you know, just say to them, why, aren't, why isn't this in your newspaper? Why isn't this on your show? Why isn't this on your radio show? Why isn't this on your television show? Uh, you know, this is big news here. Biden a couple of weeks ago, I uh, know it's Christmas time and, you know, you don't need to tell me about COVID. I know all about COVID. I know COVID's going on. Uh, but nevertheless, a massive thing is happening and you are missing it as a news organization. And like, you know, Ross Coulthard said, I mean, talking about being ahead of the pack, I mean, nobody is um, looking at this from a mainstream journalist point of view like Ross is. I mean, you know, arguably... Gaddy Schwartz's, and also we've um, already uh, showcased The Hill a couple of times, which I think are connected to Politico, are they? Politico? So, you know, but there are, there's like massive room for a lot of um, progress in terms of the media reporting this and reporting it in, in a kind of straight up, you know, serious, sensible um, way you know, taking it as a, as an issue of tremendous import. I mean, you can't really think of a more important issue if you if you think about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and of course, connected to this entirely is the question of consciousness. You know, and people that have been looking into this for years and years, people like uh, you know Hal Potter, um, Kit Green, um, you know, obviously Bigelow. They see that connection very, very clearly. So here is a report um, put up on the 21st of December. Uh, this is part of the Today program. And the, this tells you a lot about the um, constrictions under which Gaddy uh, Swartz works. Um, so, for instance, you know, it starts off with this ridiculous X-Files music. And uh, it kind of goes on from there. There's a lot of interesting stuff in here, like fascinating stuff. And catch what he says at the end as well. If the X-Files were real life, this would be the part where Mulder and Scully get some new offices and a whole lot more funding. Well, it can't be aircraft. Aircraft can't maneuver like that. What else could they be? I don't know, lasers maybe. Now sci-fi becoming reality. With the formation of a permanent government office tasked with investigating unidentified aerial phenomenon, also known as UFOs. If there's a reported incident, now there's a requirement for us to react to that information 
and go and collect that information. It's all part of a bipartisan-backed amendment buried in the National Defense Authorization Act, spearheaded by Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. I really see this as trying to know what is knowable and not having a head-in-the-sand perspective on this. These are serious issues of national security and technology that we should know about. The effort calls on a rapid response to new UAP cases, sharing information with other countries, briefing Congress on whether these might be foreign adversaries or something else, and even promising to look into cases where service members say they might have suffered health effects after encountering unknown phenomenon. In the past, those kind of reports were late-night fodder parodied by Hollywood or Saturday Night Live. Um, I was wrapped in, like, a robe made out of warm, glowing energy. Yeah, like a blanket made out of pure love. But today, even the highest levels of academia seem to be taking UFOs much more seriously. One Stanford researcher looking at the brain scans of some service members who say they've encountered UFOs. Meanwhile, at Harvard, the focus is on the skies. Astrophysics professor Avi Loeb co-founding the Galileo Project to invest in high-tech telescopes, infrared cameras, and specialized AI software, hoping to collect scientific data on the kinds of mysterious objects that have been spotted by fighter pilots who say they seem to break the laws of physics. The answer to this question will have huge implications for the future of humanity. It will affect our aspirations for space, and it basically affects each and every aspect of human life here on Earth. That's right. The big questions there being asked by Harvard, as well as one researcher over at Stanford. Guys, back to you. So, yeah, there we go. The uh, terrible X-Files music, and you can imagine Gaddy Schwartz thinking, God, like the compromises I need to make to just get this stuff on television uh but also he's you know telling us very clearly matter of factly if you want to look into this and look into gary nolan's work and you know the actual science that's happening now um but at the same time as you know kind of having to put up with all of that stuff it is still brilliant that today an nbc did run that report you know it's got obviously millions of viewers a show like today so so that's that's really good you know, compromises and all. And that reminds me of UAP Media Hub, which you can find on Twitter at UAP Media Hub. And that uh, automatically retweets any UAP news in the media. And it's a very worthwhile uh, Twitter account to follow. And it actually, you know, th there are um, stories coming out in the media all the time, certainly not as much as we would like. But, the, you know, we know what to do now, you know. Dan has told us, <laughs> um, get in contact with the reporters. You know, I mean, they're all on Twitter, all on social media. They're, they're um, asking, obviously, everybody's interested in a good story. So we just need to point them in the right direction and advise them as to how to report it. So it's serious and sober and getting away from the kind of nonsense, you know, the nonsense um, right, now we're going to go into the blings, and then after the blings, the archive. So the archive this week is Bernardo Castrup, who is, a, as far as I can tell, he's a philosopher, certainly speaks in philosophical terms, and um, he knows his history of philosophy, so he probably is a philosopher, isn't he? And here he is talking to Jeffrey Mishlove on New Thinking Aloud. I think it was a quite recent episode, actually, um, last couple of days, I think. And this is interesting because he talks about uh, materialism and how materialists, um, you know, kind of interested in materialism. I mean, I think that it might be a little bit more complicated than that than this, but I definitely agree with his general point and the kind of general um, thrust of his point here. Uh, we've got a real problem in not being able to see the future. You know, we can't really work out what life is going to be like in 80 years' time, for instance, in the year 2100. Um, it's difficult enough for us to work out what's, you know, like five years is going to look like. But there's a very good chance that my son will be alive when he's, um, you know, 85 in the year um, 2100. 
but it's kind of very difficult for any of, of us to kind of imagine that. And if you think about that for a moment, it is uh, insane. You know, the way that we live day to day, uh, moment to moment, just kind of getting as much as we can and um, disregarding, you know, so much um, kind of living sentient beings in order to feed ourselves and to, you know, do these things that we uh, think are a kind of normal way of navigating around our lives. Uh, but if you just stop and think for a moment, you realize that, you know, the environmental degradation all around us is no surprise because, you know, our lives are filled with junk, basically. So saying more or less that, but not as good as I did, here's Bernardo. Well, would you say this, that there is a relationship between the the very specific scientific materialism that you criticize and cultural materialism, the desire to accumulate more and more? Of course, if you think that matter is the only thing that truly exists and endures, then there cannot be any other meaning in life than the accumulation of material goods. And if you think your mind will come to an end completely at the moment of your death, your con death, your consciousness will be gone, then you have absolutely nothing to lose if the world goes to hell in 2100. You're not going to be here to, to experience that. So you're highly motivated to accumulate material goods, plunder the planet, and not think about sustainability because you have no stake in the future. Not even in the long-term future, the short-term future, future 2100 is, is tomorrow. But uh, we, are not, we are not going to be here in this form. And if you're not here in any form at all, so what incentive do you have to prevent the Netherlands from sinking? Because the Netherlands will sink in 2100. And the Dutch people know that. We will defend Amsterdam and then we will float half of the country. That's the plan we have right now. Uh, because you know, our grandchildren have a stake on this. Um, but if we were not materialists and if we understood that the mind in us is the mind in nature, it's the same subject, then things would change. And you understand that collecting insights is a lot more vivid, concrete and real than collecting material goods because your insights will never disappear. They will be seeded into the rest of nature at the moment of your death. So the whole narrative about what's meaningful and what's good would change for the better, for sure. So there we go. There's a bit of um, thinking. Ah, put that in your pap and smell kit. So ordinarily, I would um, leave you to the absolute terror of your own heartbeat. <laughs> but I thought I'd come back to say thank you for listening. And uh, episode 16 will be traveling down the pipe into your ears at some point. A lot of pipe talk tonight. Don't know why. I'm totally into Super Mario Brothers. That's why. Um, yeah, but it's very interesting. I mean, it's just, it's such a significant step, this. Such a significant thing. It, of course, it, you know, it follows on from the uh, 2001 establishment of the UAP office. But the thing about this is that we've got this for at least four years. So that gives a certain certainty um, and a you know kind of structure in place for people to really get their sleeves rolled up and know that it isn't just going to be kind of wrapped up in a couple of months time, you know. So hopefully the uh, people that know about this are going to be involved in this and although there is deep concern within the kind of UAP community that, um, you know, the Pentagon are going to try to swerve and dodge as, as well, they must uh, be very used to doing that because they've been doing that for years and years and years. Um, I've got a feeling that although there will be a massive difference between what we see in the unclassified version of any report and the classified version, um, I, I've got a feeling that this is a an absolute game changer. I mean, there's no question about that, you know. And what it does do for um, those of us who don't live in the States is, like I say, it gives us something to point to for our own press and our own elective representatives to be kind of pointed the way and say, this is what the United States are doing. We cannot be as far behind as we are. 
when they are doing such stellar work. So it is a moment of celebration. And certainly, if you look at this, if you really consider uh, closely the fact that the UAP office will be looking at, um, you know, kind of investigating and reporting on evidence of captured craft, uh, physical and psychological effects from people that have experienced UFOs, um, you know, uh, one place uh, to collect and collate everything so they can really get into the nitty gritty of the data. And you know the kind of amazing work that they did in just under two years at, um, you know, ORSAP. Um, and then obviously sharing that with Five Eyes, uh, you know, who knows what will come of it. And in the immortal words of Buffalo Springfield, there's something happening here, but what it is in exactly clear. <laughs> I think that that basically should be the first report. They should kind of have those two lines and then underneath it, credit it to Buffalo Springfield. <laughs> Man, they should get me working on it. Anyway, listen, thanks ever so much and um, see you later. <laughs>